0: hello and welcome to this sustainable wine podcast this is a recording of a conference session that took place on the second or third of june 2021 as part of sustainable wines future of wine americas conference 2021 we'd very much like to thank the sponsors of that conference bsi bodega argento jackson family wines international wineries for climate action and avena thank you to all of those groups for their important support and i hope you enjoy the session We're going to chat today about, um, building a sustainability strategy and hear from, from Andres on the sustainability strategy developed at their company and, um, maybe learn a little bit about what that looks like and the ROI, uh, the, 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 business benefit business value that having a formal sustainability strategy, um, uh, the, the business benefit that has for uh, developing a formal program. I think um, in the past, you know, sustainability sometimes has been just a one off, uh, an add on, you know, doing initiatives here and there, maybe some water initiatives or some agate initiatives. But the benefits, I think, uh, of having a formal comprehensive strategy are enormous. Um, uh, when, it, when it touches every aspect of your business and it, it gets ingrained in the culture of your company, that's when you start to realize those, those true benefits of sustainability like employee recruitment, employee retention, employee engagement, uh, mitigating risk against potential regulations or mitigating reputational risk, driving innovation, attracting new customers, building brand loyalty... Uh, there's so many different business benefits to sustainability, and it's it's hard to realize those if you just have um, a one-off, you know, some initiatives here or there. Uh, the, you really kind of can realize those benefits when you have a comprehensive uh, approach and really embed it into the, the culture and the DNA of your company. And to do that, of course, we have to make sure we're understanding what the important issues are, developing a program that addresses the most material issues, uh, the most material uh, environmental, social, and, and governance issues facing your business and facing your industry. So um, I, I'll, I'll hand it over to, to Andres and let him talk about the, the, the case study here that um, uh, the, the sustainability strategy developed at their company. And uh, I'll be happy to, to just jump in anytime, um, maybe answer questions or, uh, or think of some questions uh, that I might have for Andres as we, as we work through this.
1: And thank uh, you, so Josh. You
0: can, was... you can type in. I'll, I'll say you can type in questions in the chat, um, and uh, and we'll get to them that way. I think.
1: Thank you, Josh. It Was like a great introduction to the topic. I really admire the work that you have done at Fetzer and, and our organization. So I know that you are very aware of this. And actually, today I won't be presented many uh, detail on our program, but mostly like a theoretical framework of how we how we work. So feel free to join. At any state of the of the conversation so uh, as well my name is andres valero i'm the leader of sustainability of grupo avinea and as i told you the, the the main idea was to present not our institutional presentation of our achievement of how we build our goal but describe this journey or uh, that was john was telling on how you can build a sustainability like a corpora- corporate cooperative strategy so first to start it's good to start with some with some point that we can see in this trust barometer uh, initiative that is a survey that takes place every year since the the early beginning of the millennium here say that most people are not trusting most of the institutions on 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 our economic system and mostly most of the society feel that the economic system as it is is not working for them it's kind of following them so we, we can see that nowadays or a classic economic business strategy was focused on maximizing profit, doing what the company know better to do and reducing costs. Mostly the business was focused on, on, on those issues. However, we can see that the despite this not trust on the institution of, of people, in the last year, uh, most people start seeing that business were not only the most competent, competent institution in terms of the social life, but where also start to be more trust than they used to be. And, and I think this have a lot to do of uh, how the society starts seeing like, like a business of someone that they, they can trust, even more than the government or more than other institution. Actually, when they ask what business should be doing, most of the people ask that like business should be filling this void that left by governments and also CEO and executives on companies should be take, talking about the topic that the society is willing to make. This is clearly related on on sustainability. So most of the the CEOs or most of the executives of companies nowadays understand that they need to start. A, embedding sustainability on the system. However, there, there is a problem here that, that we can see in, the, in in this survey. When they ask most of executives or CEO, uh, when they apply any any change, when they propose any change, generally they they are able to achieve 12% uh, respond that they were able to achieve 100% of their goals, uh, 68% respond that they were able to, to meet between uh, 99% and 50% of the goals, that is a really, really, really good point, and, and, and only 20% responded, they, they failed uh, to, to achieve change on their companies. However, when they ask about sustainability goals and change uh, drive by sustainability, this changed a lot. Only 4% uh, asked that they were able to achieve 100% of their sustainability goals, only 49% we're in this area between 99 and 50%. But you can see a great deal of goals on sustainability really failing. So what, what that this is telling us? Well, this is telling us that really sustainability is a complex issue. And, and I think most of the people that are here know that this is really complex because it's covered a, a broad range of economical, environmental and social issues, you know? No, not just once. As just was talking earlier, sometimes we start having doing these isolated things and we are working on our vineyards and we start looking on our soil and how we, we, we use the land. Uh, uh, but then we, we we get to a sense that we also have to care about how water and the quality on, on the air, how we, we manage water, uh, how we take care of biodiversity of waste, on emissions and climate change, and how we use materials. And we start seeing that Topics start coming and coming. And we have product safety. We have human rights related with diversion, inclusion, decent work condition, employment health, well, fair sourcing. Now we are not only taking care of what we are doing uh, inside our doors, but also what where are we getting our supplies from? So where are we selling our products? So also we start seeing with dealing with uh, competitive uh, behaviors with corruption, with transparency, with taxes. So when we start seeing all these topics and say like, well, we really need to have something that includes all this topic and make this part of uh, our business. However, we also know that there is no one side fit all solution regarding sustainability. We cannot bring this very success model of other industry or of my competitor because stakeholders are the key. What I mean when I say stakeholders are the key is that each company have different stakeholders and stakeholders are the one that will shape the sustainability uh, proposal or program. So we, we, we need to know that stakeholders include from owners and shareholders that for sure are the one investing the money and that they, they will shape the sustainability program. But we also need to make... All the people working on the company from decision makers to uh, to workers to temporary workers but also their families are part of our stakeholders also when we look to our part all our buyers our consumers but here in the wine industry we know that it's very complex because we don't sell directly to our consumer most of the time we sell to retailers to monopolies to distributors also we have these International community, our local community, different NGOs focusing on different on different topics, on different areas. We have our suppliers, but we also have the suppliers of a supplier, especially in enological supplies. Many times we buy from local brokers, but these local brokers are buying supplies from Europe, from China, and they are buying from a broker on China or on Europe that are also buying for other companies. So they're we need to start looking to our whole supply chain, and finally, we we have all these different uh, government organizations from municipal, local government, national trade organization, and intergovernmental and transnational government organizations. So, stakeholders are the ones that are shaping our sustainability uh, program. So, so, so we start seeing that generally with the classic business strategy, the sustainability program start like a kind of compliance program that say like, well, we need uh, to start doing this, this thing, uh, answer to these points. But however, we when we start looking to the shareholders and all this topic that the shareholders bring to the table, uh, we start seeing the materiality of, of the program. What just was telling earlier, what we mean of materiality means that we need to analyze all the sustainability issues that are important, to our business in particular, depending on, on which country we are from, which are our clients. So, will we will have a very, very unique material assessment for, for our business, despite being on the same sector and other business. So, this will be make our program bigger, bringing new topics to, to the topic. But also, we need to accomplish that this program needs to start integrating. The business stat- strategy, and that's how materiality care with two principal things. We need to take care of wh- where we have impact, where we can make a significant economic, environmental, and social impact, and in the topic that we can influence stakeholder assessment and decision. Because it's very important uh, not, not to leave any topic behind, because if it is important for a stakeholder that is consumers, and I'm not addressing that that topic that have a, a large risk for the continuity of my organization. I can if I not, cannot sell product because I never understand that being environmentally friendly was important for my consumers. I will probably start losing my share market, uh, for example. So we we have different accelerators of, of this process that are uh, own or, or that are very close to the the wine sector. The first is adaptation to climate change, you will, you have listened to many uh, of the other uh, conferences in, in the program when, when we know that our industry in particular will be very affected by by the impact of climate change. And therefore we should be an example for the rest of the industry saying like, we can do better because we are also being uh, very deeply affected by, by climate change. Also, we know that there are changes on consumer preference that we will shape the uh, our programs, but also many countries. or there is the risk that many of these uh, uh, environmental regulation or different sustainability regulation may become a trade barrier. So we know that wine is mostly exported or, or, or is international trade. So that there we we, we may find uh, our sustainability program as a way to be beyond these international trade barriers, and also new local regulation that, that will be popping up as uh, extended uh, consumer regulation or extended responsibility on, on, on packaging. So it, it will take a long time, but finally uh, working in this way, you will have a, a way that sustainability merge with the core value of your business. Here is the way is the point where the purpose of your organization is not just generate profit, but also contribute to a fair society and a re- re- regeneration of, of the environment. Well, we, we we need to start somewhere. So, how I generally try to plan when when I start thinking of sustainable as a business strategy, well, I try to make this timeline where we start from a planning state, but but we I I, I always love to show this graphic and say like let's start from from the last part so let's say that we are in maturity phase what maturity means well maturity means that you're a company that you are generating value profit but you are making to all this topic that we we mentioned earlier you are having a positive impact on this topic i think that's what really sustainability should aim for, to having this positive impact, if it is climate change to be climate positive or water re- regenerative or, or, or other kind of topic. But it's important to focus on first, or, or at the end of the road, I want to be positive in all the topics that are important for me. For that, I will definitely need to implement a specific action points. Before that, the, the first thing I need to know is to be aware of all these problem and try to neutralize what i doing wrong. All the negative things I'm, I'm reaching, all these topic that will be a growing phase where you implement general action plan You say, well, I'm not taking care of this topic. Now I need to take care with this action plan. Well, but to get to that instant, first you need to identify what topic are you are going to work on. And that way I'm going to zoom now on the development phase of, the, of this process. Well, the de- development phase will start with the planning stage there you will see your internal mapping understand what how are you la- la- as a company what are you as a company do a material- the first materiality assessment and the- and start having a definition of a strategy on sustainability on what topics are more important second you need to start doing self-assessment i mean if you are a large wine group or a small wine group, you maybe have different sites that you are work, work from, different vineyards, different wineries, different suppliers that you are buying uh, packaging from or you are buying grapes, you are buying wine, and also different uh, transportation scheme and uh, working scheme. So you need to do, to do what you are doing in the core of your company. You also have to replicate it in the rest of your supply chain. There you will get this gap analysis. Probably the, we can say that we are managing water very well at the winery, but what does that mean for our suppliers or what does that mean for our vineyards or our neighbors? And finally, once you know your gaps, you know your strategy, you you start this data collection process when you say like, well, I know I have to make my KPIs for all these uh, definition of all this strategy and I need to quantify target. You need to, to get to quantify uh, the target. You will have different outputs on, on, on these stages. The first, you will have the list of sustainable issues, the strategic object, objectives. In the second, you will have this general action plan and this quality objectives. And finally, in the reporting stage, you will have this quantitative objective, this particular action plans. And the first if you want sustainability report on on this topic in in particular, I I, I would like to make some example here of how you make this internal mapping. Well, to make this internal mapping, you, you need to start talking with people, and to start talking with people, you need to generate this sensibilization aspect. When you generate a specific, uh, you generate a, a, a really a space where people can express what they feel about sustainability and what they want. We know that in a company, we have people that are taking care of marketing and production and finance. Well, you need to hear uh, about them. You need to hear about your temporary workers. You need to create uh, places where they can talk about sustainability and what they care about sustainability. Because I think that's the very important thing regarding sustainability uh, in compared to other topics that you need to find what people care and you will definitely find some aspect of sustainability that link with that, that people care. So they have a a personal commitment to to that topic. Well, there, once you create all these channels and start talking with sustainability and you need to start being very honest to say, like, we are not the best, we're not the worst. We are probably doing a lot of things on sustainability. You need to start talking on perception. Is what does decision makers on your organization think about sustainability? Because many times, or it happened many times, that people try to connect it to their work, and they say, "Well, for me, sustainability is only this," and just need to start uh, knowing what else they are not not taking into account as sustainability. Then you need to start uh, asking us, "What do you think competitors, clients, consumers, and community are expecting from your organization?" First, you need to make a ask ask it. Uh, on what is available on their sustainability reports on different uh, global markets study. And finally, you need to know what you are doing. I mean, what you are doing, you can do any sustainability assessment and try to compare the perception of what your decision-making have uh, with this. To talking about Avinea, when we start doing this process, we find that during sensibilization, when we ask people, about what they think about sustainability, the, the largest word that pop up was environment and responsibility. So, we understand that we are strong on environment sustainability because most our our vineyards are organic. We are one of the largest organic producers in, in Argentina. And we were born as an organic company or a sustainable vineyard. Uh, company. So so that is very reflective of what people is the perception of what we are doing. But we were actually doing more than, than that. When we are about all the decision making about this perception that they say like, whoa, what is sustainability for us? Most of them again ask about environmental sustainability. And we were very shocked to find that only three percent when they start talking about what was sustainability important for the company ask about uh the member of the companies uh, but we actually are doing a lot for the member of the company we actually are fair trade certified for the international fair trade company where there is a lot of rules that uh, assure that we are having a fair business press fair hiring practice uh, no discrimination that we are working toward a, a reducing gender gap but most of the people didn't see that as sustainability so that that was very shocking but also very very useful for us as be, as when we compare this perception that we have this we start working like well let's take the positive of this perception but we know we need to work with our decision makers internally in order to create them this awareness that sustainability is much more than environmental sustainability and we are also doing many things beyond uh, beyond that once you have this first, Approach. You know your some gaps on your in, in, internal decision makers and the perception of sustainability. You know what the clients or the consumers are looking for, and, and, and you get to do some of this self assessment or social responsibility on sustainability, depending on this on, on your regions. Well, now you have to do a very concise materiality assessment. What this means is, in the previous step, we assume what our clients, our consumers, our communities were expecting from us. Now we, know we need to create a channel to go to ask them. We need to identify the stakeholders. We need to prioritize them. Of course, not the, all the actors in the communities are important, but probably if you have a, a school or a hospital near your, your, your wineries or vineyards that most of your workers go there so, well, you may find an stakeholder important in, in in that location. So you, you need to, but you also need to prioritize. You cannot take in, the into account, or you cannot listen to everyone. So need, you need to prioritize who is more important to your company and to your, your whole supply chain. After that, you define this list of material topics on sustainability, the the ones that we we saw earlier on the on, on the initial slides, and then you need to have one criteria or other that need to build this ponderation and say, all topics are important. All topics will need to be addressed, but you need to put your efforts uh, in some of them or most of your effort in some of them. So there is when you need to prioritize. How you make this ponderation say, like, this topic is significant, I have a significant impact on this topic, for example, water. I have a significant impact on water. Yes, you use water in your vineyards and your wineries. Is water very important for our stakeholders? Well, actually that will depend on the region. For example, in Argentina, in especially in the, in the west side of, of, of Argentina, we are dealing with a 10-year water crisis when the water availability is less than the average of the last 100 years. So, it will be definitely for all our stakeholders very important. Maybe in other part of Argentina or in any part of the world where water is available, this topic will be important, but won't be the one that rank higher. So after you finish this, this topic, you will find probably something like this. We know that for the wine industry, uh, climate change is an important topic, so probably it will be top of the list. Water management is an important topic, but you can also start seeing that other social or economic issue will start popping up as first sourcing or diversity and, uh, and inclusion. There is what you need to start working on these topics. Now you find the topics. Now how you will build a strategy on these topics. Well, first, you need to know that for all these topics that you find, you need to find what you must guarantee, what you must guarantee across the whole supply chain. Generally, you have to take as reference ESG principles, environmental, social, and governance principles that talk about uh, uh, human rights, uh, child labor uh, forbidence or labor rights, uh, minimum environmental management rights. So here you have a very global initiative called uh, United Nations Global Compact that focus in these 10 principles and say, well, every company must guarantee these 10 principles. Like like nobody's going to clap you because you make sure that uh, during your whole supply chain, there is no child working. It's a must. You must do that. So there is all this topic that you must guarantee and must have a program for But also in all these topics, you will need to come to what you aspire. As I told you, to convince people to commit to sustainability, the best way is to find what they move internally and what they aspire. And as a company, we have to do something very very similar. Uh, If we want to see us as a humanity, as a community, the Sustainable Development Goals are this, what the global community aspire we can achieve, for the next 10 years and so the one important thing to work sustainability uh, within your company is to find these topics that were material for you and try to find how with working with this topic you will have a positive impact on one of these uh, 17 sustainable development goals. Well, however, the, the, the difficult thing here is how are you going to do that and here is when Reporting tools are important. I always say that reporting tools are not, uh, should not be the thing that you aim for a company and say like, well, we're a company, we want to have a reportant is a tool. It's a tool that will help you to organize yourself, uh, but it shouldn't be an outcome by, by itself. So a Global Reporting Initiative is one of the sustainability reporting tools that is very useful because it gives you a way to measure and, and, and compare reports and organize yourself. And when you organize yourself, you find what you were missing. As I tell you, once you have this set of targets, you need to start seeing what are you missing in each part of, the, of your supply chain. Sometimes happens that you are very good in, in, in one site, in one buyer. But in the other vineyard, you have different conditions that may be more challenging to to apply that. For example, if you already have drip irrigation and a pump that you can measure, it's easier to measure water than probably in other vineyard that you don't have drip irrigation or you have instead of having to pump water that you can really easily measure how how much our pump is working, you get water from, from a river stream you may be, that may be difficult to, to to measure. Well, here is where you have to start seeing where are your principal gaps and your principal actions. And I, I told you then you start working on this data collection. And here is where the sustainability, re, the global report initiative may be very, very handy for you because there you have very precise say, like if you find this topic, it's important for you. At least you need to report this KPI. So th- there is you start having a unit of of measure, and how you coordinate all this information across all your company in, in order to be able to to really uh, de- deliver a, a good answer on, on on this topic. Well, here a, a great example if if you were participating yesterday uh, when they showed the. The emission calculator that that Jos is is develop, developing, that's actually a very very good tool, and, and we'll come to this part. Like first, you need to know that climate change will be one of your material topics. Then you need to start saying like, well, my my objective is to champion this topic. What what to do next? Well, what to do next is to start measuring and collecting that data all across your supply chain to try to generate this baseline. Once you have the baseline you can set your target, your quantified target is like, I will be able to reduce 30%. But it's important not many companies used to define how much they were willing to reduce by just benchmarking. And then they figured out that it was not possible uh, through their supply chain because of their structure or because... How they need to invest in a technology that is not ready yet. So it's good to go the other way about generate this baseline, use science-based target or enter two different initiatives to say like, well, I need to fight a climate change in this way to make sure that temperatures doesn't rise below two, two degrees or 1.5 degrees in the Paris Agreement. And I can't bring to the table this reduction to contribute to this to this target. Finally, well, I, I, I like to bring a couple of examples of that probably will, will pop up. For example, if you finally discover in this list of material issues that discrimination at the workplace should be a topic should, should be addressing. Well, there, what will be the, your deliverable in terms of a strategic objective? Well, Probably you you will need to find some reference, as I told you first, is what you need to guarantee. But you need to guarantee in this case, if the the ethical trade uh, initiative has one point talking about no discrimination during hiring, compensation, access to training, promotion, retirement, etc. Then you find out that there is a the global report initiative have one chapter dedicated to to discrimination and finally you have some of these sustainable development goals that have some points that talk about discrimination or or hiring and also the link between discrimination and inequality. Finally what we need to aspire is not to not have discrimination but not to have inequality or to contribute to reduce this kind of inequality but there you have a very clear example of this base strategy is telling what to do next. We should have a general action plan where they say like, well, we should introduce fair hiring practice. We need to introduce fair working condition. We need to introduce a fair remuneration policy first for our workers, but then we need to start pushing the barriers and try to have this Uh, policies being a commitment also for my suppliers. Also, if I hire labor or a service that includes, for example, uh, cleaning offices, well, I need to make sure that the the company I'm hiring you, hiring for cleaning the offices, are also uh, committed to this kind of practice. Then you have a quality objective that should be, uh, which is the degree of implementation of this practice, all over the different places or my supplies. There, a a very important tool, maybe different external audits and different programs that you may be certifying as uh, some sustainability practice, as I told earlier, fair trade practice, ethical trade certification as SMETA, VSSI. There are different uh, ways that you can prove which the degree of the implementation is successful or, or, or not. Finally, you will have different focus action plans. Well, once you implement all this fair policy, you have the baseline, but now you want to go beyond. You know, you want to achieve this reduce on on inequality. So probably you will need to have a plan for non-discrimination in temporary workers that tend to be migrant workers and tend to be more likely to be discriminated. So you will have a specific target of what you want to do with that plan. And, and there you will find that, well, I will do this plan that will require this level of effort to, to achieve this, the, this final thing that is reducing discrimination on temporary workers, and you will find your KPA to measure it. Actually, uh, the Global Report Initiative say that you at least should me- measure the total number of incidents of discrimination, but to measure the total number of incidents of discrimination, you need to make sure that there are channels where people can tell if they are being discriminated So first you need to make be aware that you have all these channels on place working bef- before you have this quantitative uh, indicator because if not you won't be able to to measure anything with this uh, incident and also every time you have an incident you need to have a structure that will take care of this incident and will follow up to, to in, in this finally, if you work following all this strategy, when you get to the time to make your sustainability report, when you have to report about discrimination at the workplace, you will have a lot to, uh, to things to talk. You will have to talk about all this general plan, all this audit that you receive, all the evolution of this KPI. And also if you didn't reach the target that you were set, well, you need to report which action were you doing in order to be on, on track on. On target. Similar example and probably easiest for for me as an engineer or for me, for many of you to talk about something that is easier to measure as a water management. Well, but here the same methodology. Water, if water management is important, we need to understand that first. We need one basic principle on, on the environmental is make support of a precautionary approach to environmental challenge. We don't want to contaminate the source of, of the water. So. We need to have complying with all the local regulations related to water. And if the local regulations are weak, we need to set a a standard that is global for how I get the water, how I I get the source of the water, and how I give it back when I use it. Global Report Initiative have a point of water and effluent uh, that talk about how you can report on this topic. But finally, what we want to ensure, what we should aspire, we should aspire that everyone that wants to develop an economic activity, everyone that wants to live, will be able to have a water source available. And there is when we can see like, well, actually I may aspire to not only be efficient on using water, but also trying to keep back this water. if, If... there is someone in my society that couldn't afford access to this water, I may want to help them because I have the opportunity to use this water to make my economic plan work. So there, once you have this strategy and this this goal, you start working on the general action plan. The first will be know your source of water. So you, you, you need to know which is the risk of this source. As I told you, it's not the same. To pump water for a groundwater system than to uh, get water from a, a river stream, or get rainwater, depending on the region that, that you are. Second is how you use water. Well, you need to have an irrigation plan. What means you have an irrigation plan that, the, independent of which of the vineyard you are working on, you will need to measure how much water you give to, to the plants and make a, deci- a decision on wh- when to irrigate, based on science-based evidence. Also you need to have in your wineries, water usage plan when every sector have a budget of the amount of water they they, they can use. So you can can measure if they are using more water than they should. And finally, you need to have a water treatment plant. I mean that if you are using water and you are changing their chemical condition, you need to have a, a, a water treatment plant. But as I told you, these are the general action that you must do. Nobody will applaud you because you're treating your water. Now is the next step. What do you aspire? Once, once you have these general action plans in, in place, you need to measure the degree of implementation of these plans. Sometimes it happens, as I told you, you have a winery that have a very good uh, water treatment plant, but you find that somewhere on the, on the vineyards, when you have a, a maintenance team that are working with tractors, they are contaminating water because they are cleaning their tractors in an, uh, an appropriate condition. Well, so you need to know in which degree you are implementing this plant and here, as I told you, audit like ISO 14000 and another kind of external audit on environmental management are very useful to make a quality assessment on how I'm working on this. Finally, you will need, if you want to be a very aggressive on this target, well, you need to have some focus plans. One will be migrating every, every irrigation system that you work with to drip irrigation, improving water resource, resources area so you are not just irrigating a, a cover crop as you are irrigating an economically viable crops. You can use uh, reuse water to uh, irrigate your own vineyard. And, and that's the point when you start trying to quantify all all your approach in water first you need to quantify all the water you are using in all the process that sometimes it's very challenging or water quality and how you address that and but I it's only by that point that you can start defining a target your target can be in liters per water of uh, a liter of wine that you will be producing or gallon of waters and gallon of wine you will be producing based on some science factor that I say like if I change this, I will be reducing this amount uh, that I know this possible. And finally, you will have all this information to, to report on, on your sustainability report. However, when talking uh, about water and just to be closing this section, you, you will need to think that this is an iterative process. As I'll tell you later, probably in the beginning, you will be start talking of generally water consumption and generally water usage, and will be a good KPI, just to measure your annual water consumption. But uh, once you start growing in the phase, uh, in the growing phase, you will understand that that KPI, KPI is not enough, because now you need to understand this amount of water that you are using, which is the really impact that is having on the place. And there are probably some life cycle assessment, uh, water footprint, uh, indicator may be very useful for for this but finally you will have a kpi that may be referred to water rege- re- regeneration and say well for each liter i use in this process i will be investing in this other area of the same uh, watershed in order to improve this so the i will est- finish having a positive balance uh, well that was a general idea of I know that were probably for some of you was something that you know and you have worked with for some of you it may be the first time you heard that sustainability is so complex and you need to need more than just applying some protocol uh, beyond the way if you want sustainability to become part of your sustainability strategy I know just probably you will have a lot of examples of your of your previous job or what you are doing to to, to get uh, to this topic.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a really, really great, great summary. I uh, really enjoyed that and um, re- very much aligned with uh, the strategy I use. Uh, when I, I now run a consulting company, so I work with companies on developing their their sustainability strategy. And I guess just to kind of summarize some of that and what I tell my clients basically is uh, to, to, to make it really simple, starting with the materiality assessment, understand... Those uh, uh, environmental, social, governance issues that are most material, most important, which involves a you know a comprehensive stakeholder engagement process, so that you're getting input from uh, internal and external stakeholders, uh, and then you have that list of of, of items. Uh, baseline your your company's current performance uh, in these areas, and as you mentioned, you know identifying those those global frameworks will help you identify which metrics to be tracking. So if you've identified water, energy, you know, those different material issues, you can look at GRI, look at SASB and those different sustainability reporting frameworks to understand, okay, here's an important issue. Now here's the metric that we we should be tracking progress with and reporting on. And then once you have all that, you can uh, baseline your company, understand where you're at. uh, And then as you mentioned, set goals and, and reduction targets. And, um, you know, that's really the basis for, for your strategy. And then once you're implementing, you know, formalizing that strategy, I think it's important to get, of course, top-down support uh, for for implementing sustainability in any organization, having that top level support from the CEO and the executives and, and having them be vocal for, for their support for sustainability um, is critical in moving, uh, moving sustainability forward. And sometimes that means educating um, some some of those executives on the business value Uh, why is this good for business Um, if we can tie some of these material issues and what we want to do with them tie them to different business units and what they're trying to do we can marry those objectives together so that our sustainability strategy is aligned with our business units and what they're trying to accomplish uh, then it's uh, of course is much easier to sell and then having an interdepartmental team having a sustainability team is very important to to engage employees to get insight from employees uh, if you can have a sustainability committee that's compromised of, of um, employees from across all departments I think that's really helpful that's what breaks down the silos in an organization a lot of times especially when I worked in the wine industry sometimes the salespeople don't know what's happening in, in the winery and the vineyard uh, and marketing and it's just so siloed so the more you can break that down, have interdepartmental uh, collaborative efforts so that each department is bringing in their ideas and their thoughts, and everyone's kind of aware of what's happening throughout the organization is is really helpful as well. But thought it was a great uh, great summary, uh, a- excellent job, Andres, and and um, uh, maybe we can we can take questions if there's any questions. Um, looks like there's a couple. Um, so what about ROI? Do you have any insight on the return on investment in sustainability programs? Um, so there's a lot of research out there. Um, I put a blog post on my website, sustridge.com, that tries to summarize all of, these, all of the research that is out there. So it's, it's easy to just kind of say, you know, sustainability is good because consumers want it or employees want it. But but we have to have the research to back that up, back those claims up. So, uh, and that research I think continues to come out. You know, the employees for one. You know, we talk about consumers a lot, and they want to purchase from sustainable companies, and that's true. The research backs that up. But employees also they want to work for companies that are about more than maximizing profit. They want to work for a company that is making positive impacts in the world. So, um, and I think you know the. That's clearly true with the, the younger generations, and, uh, but, but actually their, their older counterparts uh, aren't that far behind as far as wanting to you know, do meaningful work and work for companies that share their values and share their beliefs. So the ability to recruit top talent and engage those, those employees. There's also research out from uh, the National Environmental Education Foundation they do research every year or they work for a while on on the impacts of sustainability engagement and employee engagement. And, and they show that engaging employees in sustainability increases nearly every level of traditional employee engagement from uh, pride for the company that they work in, uh, alignment with the company, advocating for the company, and discretionary effort. They, they give more effort in their work. So uh, that research right there shows, you know, if you can get employees to be more productive and you can retain them longer uh, and you can attract top talent. Uh, that's, that's definitely going to have a big impact on, on the bottom line. Other things like operations are a, a no brainer. If you're reducing energy, reducing waste, reducing water, all of these things are, are helping you become more efficient and eliminating waste. That's just money that that's being wasted. Uh, my, my, William McDonough is someone I've worked with in the past. He wrote Cradle to Cradle. He always says there is no waste in nature. So if we look at nature, there there is no waste. Everything has a value and and everything has um, meaning. And and there there's there's no waste. Everything kind of has a purpose. And we look at our operations and our society in general. Uh, all the waste that's being created that's all you know a result of design flaws. So if we rethink and redesign the way we operate as businesses and the way we operate as as society, we can uh, eliminate that waste and be much more efficient. Um, and then there's you know so many more innovation, more studies out that show companies that are recognized as sustainability leaders are I think four hundred times more likely to also be recognized as innovation leaders. So it, it it directly impacts the level of innovation at a company. Of course, it's mitigating risk against you know climate risk. Uh, regulatory risk, reputational risk, uh, and a number of other benefits. I don't know if you want to speak at all to the ROI, uh, Andres.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. I, I, I never want like to focus on ROI because I know people from finance have a very, very, very clear way. And I want this, amount of time to return on investment, even if it is sustainable or not. But I know that with sustainability, you can have a lot of. Of positive things in terms of finance. For example, nowadays you, you will be able to go to a market to ask for different investment money or for loans. And when you're sustainable, you will probably get a lower rate. So that is is very important for, for expansions on, on the company, especially after BlackRock, that is one of the large uh, funds uh, all over the world that are investing. That's the, the CEO say that, well, we need to focus on sustainability in our investments. So the, the, there is a, a big catch because there is a lot of money going on after COVID over there, and they will probably go to companies that are sustainable and it will allow you to, to grow. And I think that's an important thing to, to add. And as an example of employee engagement, innovation and sustainability. In the last couple of months, we were working here in Avinea in an internal uh, challenge where where we uh, have a contents for all our employees from temporary workers to to managers, which as they will bring an idea so uh, related to being environmentally responsible because we know that that was our thing that we are strong now start like generating these different like this is not sustainability this is environmental responsible initiative and bring your idea and we will be choosing one of the, those ideas the first thing will have different prices on sustainable mobility so we will bought them some electric bicycles and all the stuff and the, the idea that we choose will be uh, in- incubated and will be invest and will be choose by, by the CEO so I think that in this way, we get over like almost a hundred initiatives, most like half of our employees presented an idea. And I think that was a very powerful message from our CEO and for our team because they make us be, everyone was talk, talking on the on their lunch about like, well, what, which project do you want to, to be in? And, and, and actually now I have for for our sustainability program, I have a lot of idea that probably will be getting into. And when people start seeing that, Many of their ideas are becoming the reality of our sustainability program. This engagement, I think, will go bigger. And I think that probably we'll be thinking of doing this every year or every two years because it was very, very successful.
0: Yeah, that's great. Those programs where you can incentivize, we had one at Fetzer. We had an annual award for the employee or group of employees that came up with the new sustainability related initiative at the company, new practice, new policy, whatever it might be. And that was a great way and it was awarded at the Christmas party every year and it was a, it was a big deal and uh, very visible um, initiative. Other other things I think are important as you're getting started are um, focusing on the low-hanging fruit first. Um, as you're getting started, identify those areas that will have that quick payback, the easy to the easy to implement, the highly visible projects that, that employees will see and, and feel because um, that'll help you get momentum early uh, in your program. You get momentum and you get people excited about it and engaged in it. So focusing on that low-hanging fruit first. And then also, you know, looking, you know, some sustainability projects have a longer payback and uh, cost more money some of them have a very fast payback, like a LED lighting retrofit or energy efficiency. Typically, pays itself back really quick. So, if you can maybe bundle some of those projects together, so you can kind of even out that ROI between um, between those projects, that can help you get some of those um, those lower pay- or longer payback projects going um, as well. And you can do a revolving loan fund as well. So if you implement a big energy efficiency project and you save a certain amount of dollars per year, you can reinvest that money in new sustainability programs uh, and just keep bringing those savings back to that fund and call it a, a revolving loan fund. But um, yeah, that's uh, some, some examples of, uh, I think, how you can engage employees. Another one, I think, certifications that are visible. Uh, we saw when we were at Fetzer. When I was at Fetzer, we, we went through zero-waste certification. So we became the first zero-waste certified winery in the world back in 2014. Uh, the company already had a long history of waste. They'd been tracking and reducing waste since about 1980. And it was just a big part of the culture. But getting that certification, really uh, people were really proud of that because it was such an important part of the operations reducing waste over time that when we got that certification, we got that recognition, uh, employees were really proud of that. And it became, I think they were even more focused on reducing waste after that. We saw our diversion rate increase uh, from like 94% to about 97% after that year of certification. We saw a big jump in, in the diversion rate. So visible things and recognition and awards are all, I, I think, really good ways to engage employees. Someone's asking you, Andres, how you learn to do sustainable business plans.
1: Well, I, I actually, I, I learned on the on the road. Well, I did a, did a master's degree in, the, in in the US, but regarding life cycle assessment, trying to create a sustainable wine scoring system was very ambitious. My my thesis, my, <laughs> my advisor was kind of crazy, but thought I was crazy. But well, I, I I get to know a lot of the insight on on the on the wine industry because. The, when you start talking of life cycle assessment as a very powerful tool, you understand the whole process that you are on. And on the other hand, I, in my professional life, I work a lot with certification, to, with quality and food safety certification, environmental certification. And I think at the moment I, that I was in charge of proposing a plan, a sustainability plan, I mix all these two backgrounds together and try to get the say like, how we can make this work and added the, probably the where you will find most of the information will be related to sustainability reporting, but you need to understand this sustainability reporting process as a step forward on your program and not the outcome of your program. And when you mix all these three things, you you may come to something similar to the proposal I made that is like a way to systemat- systematize all these things that were going on.
0: All right, looks like that's it for questions. Uh, Maybe we'll, uh, any final thoughts, Andres?
1: Well, I I think probably that this is one step at a time. You don't need to rush when you think, especially for for people like me that are very aware that sustainability is a must in a company. You will find out that, along all your company, not everyone is so, so convinced. So you need to find what they want in their life, and they say like, "Well, sustainability has something for you, also. It's not just about climate change." That many many people, when many people are asked, "What do you think about the environment?" and they say, "Think about like mountains, hills, water, and this very idyllic I- image." But you need to make them understand that the environment is the built environment, and environment that surrounds us and the society that, that is on, on that environment. And that by doing the, the, the work that they're doing, they can make a great contribution to, to this other aspect as well. And I think that's, that's the way you get to engage the people on different areas. And I think probably that's the, the challenge. But going not frustrated and going a, a topic by a by time and say, like, probably I have these 25 material topics. Well, let's tackle five. And the other five have this big program that will at least have one one procedure for for the rest of them and then start working toward uh, improvement.
0: Yeah, great point. And just to build off the first thing you said, I would say relationships are key when you're doing this. So being able to develop and establish strong relationships across the company with all departments and, and again, being able to communicate to them how sustainability is good for their department and good for the Objectives that they're already trying to accomplish uh, is critical and being able to communicate that kind of business value really always comes back that we as sustainability professionals uh, been talking about it for for many, many years, like tying sustainability to business value. So the more you can do that and demonstrate how it's good for business, easier things are are, going to be for you. I think that's it. Thank you all so much for attending and for the questions. Andres, thanks for the uh, great presentation and uh, all the wonderful insights.